So Matt Foley wannabe. New fan of The Office. Uh, hiking bum. And sports car expert now. Zach Veach, if you could describe this dinner with racers Zoom chat we just did in one word, what would it be? Humbling. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that was the podcast. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. And welcome to another and probably final edition of Dinner with Racers 2020 edition. I'm Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And if you've been listening to the last few episodes, then you know exactly what we're doing. Uh, Obviously, we can't go out and drive around and have dinner with people the way we're used to. And yet somehow the internet won't let it go and thinks that we (laughs) should, you know, put out something that's far and then they'll probably complain that it's shitty because it won't be the same as when we're doing restaurants, but then they'll complain that we weren't in restaurants and we should do Zooms. And then they'll hear the Zooms and be like, why don't, it's not as good. And be like, right, that's why we didn't do it. Uh, anyway, we had Zach Vich on. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Zach Vich obviously is a uh, recent guest of ours that we put out earlier, but He's had quite a lot of change in the last six, seven months of not only his personal life, but his professional career. And so we wanted to catch up with him like we had with our other guests on this little Zoom podcast idea of ours. But really because his career has changed so much in the last six months and he's such a cool guy and we really liked him a lot. We figured, hey, let's just catch up with him, see how he's doing. And he was nice enough to take the time while he's literally driving across the country just like we do on his way to all the cool hiking spots that you can get to in California and along the way. So he pulled over roadside and uh, we had a little chat with him. Exactly, and and to Ryan's point, I don't think we've ever had a guest where we put out an episode that was so outdated from what had happened to him from the recording. Right, right. Uh, So it was was cool to hear some of those catch-ups and a shout out to his buddy Gabe who basically sat there patiently using his hotspot, making it all work. You know who else made it all work, Sean? Gabe and his hotspot and the freeways. Zach Veach. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, right. right. Uh, so speaking of road trips, we've had some great, great partners through our history that have made us do our own road trips. Uh, of course, we've had uh, a couple of vehicles that were all from the same brand taking us along the way. And uh, that was... What kind of vehicle, Ryan? Acura! MDX. And then, of course, uh, recently we started, uh, we only recently started putting oil in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a really rough one before this, but fortunately yeah. we, uh, we signed on with Valvoline this year, and it's been a great partnership, and we appreciate you guys supporting that, not only by buying the product, but are immediately putting liveries on our iRacing events and things like that. It's been a lot of fun. And, of course, visiting those Valvoline service centers located all around the country. But most importantly, last, certainly not least, probably should have been first, would be the tires that have been with us since day one. I don't think you need the WH with a one, do you? One. Let's ask Morgan Shepard. I believe you're referring to uh, Continental Tire. 
Uh, I am referring to Continental Tire. Correct. Uh, Got it. They are the original motor tire. That's correct. uh, (laughs) Performance-driven quality. uh, Performance-driven quality. Which which isn't even accurate catchphrase either. I don't don't know. Precision craft performance. I'm an idiot. original motor toil and Valvoline. Go by. You pour. Continental Tire. (laughs) This is our worst one. Uh, yeah. Ta-da! Sackfeach. See you, 2020. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Where are you right now? I am outside of a Taco Bell in some (laughs) small town on the edge of New Mexico right before Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) My dream is that this is where you live now. Like, we, uh, my buddy Gabe, uh, we left Indy at like 4 p.m. yesterday. And we've just been driving, man. It's uh, we're going to Las Vegas. Um, it's only seven and a half hours away from this point, so that's neat. Um, <laughs> so we're 21 hours into our trip, which is cool. Um, but yeah, this is that stage where you're just like ready for it to be over. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's adorable. <laughs> you're on day. You're on day one or day two, I guess. Uh, this would be. Yeah, this is starting day two. Yeah. It's been 24 hours so far. Try week six, asshole. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really upset. My, my Wi-Fi is not, like, doing this job right now. <laughs> okay, so you are literally in your van that we talked about a few months ago. Yeah. And, uh, and so, in theory, you have a Wi-Fi, but who knows if it's any good. Well, so I'm using the hotspot on my phone. Okay. And then I'm, I'm mm-hmm. plugging that into my computer. But, yes, I'm... I'm in my van and, uh, you know, just running away from some things, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Zach Beach, I love how open and vulnerable you are willing to be. So so these these Zoom calls we've been doing have been like catching up with people that we talked to four or five years ago. Because for a lot of these people, a lot of stuff has changed in four or five years. uh, Four or five years. We talked to you... Like five months ago, six months ago, yeah, and it's it a lot's changed. Yes, uh, I would say it's felt <laughs> almost like five or six years. Um, so yeah, so obviously I'm not an IndyCar driver anymore. Um, that was that oh, was the Jesus. first big. Thing. All right, um, but you know, hey, there's there's some like new exciting stuff hopefully coming together, which like I'm actually very very excited for. Um, so, you know, that kind of happened. And then, uh, you know, I, I said that stingray story and I ended up single. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for that guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> is it, for, is it our fault? Is it completely? Tell it. That's tell, our bad. Yeah. Tell me it's our it's bad. Our bad. No, it, you know, it, it had nothing to do with the stingray story. So, you know, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a whole new thing I'm like working through right now. So it's like a week fresh. So that's fun. So, yeah. So in a matter of yeah. a few weeks, your, your your ride that you'd had for the last few years went away, and then and then the lady that you talked about on the thing is also gone. She might come back eventually. All right. You know, but you know, right now it's like uh, it's like a country song, I guess. <laughs> right. We don't have to deep dive too much into the relationship stuff, but uh, appreciate you bring you know actually talking about it. Um, 
the uh, what's the plan here on your current road trip? Yeah, man. So um, we're just going to stop in Las Vegas for a day. Um, we're going to be here climbing at Red Rocks, uh, and then we're going to work our way up to Yosemite Valley. So uh, we'll be there for a few days down to San Diego to see my mom, and then uh, back to Joshua Tree for a few days, then to back to Red Rocks mm -hmm. on our way back east. And then, uh, yeah, then we'll just be road tripping back to Indy. So we're hoping to uh, be home probably January 6th-ish. So, you know, it's a solid few days out west at least. We're just trying to get out here as quickly as we can, so it makes things a little. Well, I guess no one else is doing yeah. this right now, so that's good. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No, I was going to say, it's exactly right. Like, we just did a road trip for uh, Continental, my friend Rutledge and I, and uh, we, we did Route 66. I saw you were at the uh, Cadillac Ranch, uh, I think, yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was there like a week I ago. Looked for, uh, yeah, I know. I looked for uh, your name where you sprayed it on there, and it was already gone. Yeah. Already gone. Yeah, no doubt. Did you see that yeah. they had like the, uh, at the turnaround on, on the highway part where the gas station is, they have a, like a food truck for spray paint. No, I didn't see that. Cause we kind of missed it. Cause of that real. Yeah. There's like a guy that's. That, yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 There's literally like a little food truck guy there and he's selling like crappy spray paint for like 10 times the price. And He's probably got a brand new house and a plane because the guy's killing it. No, that makes sense. That was the only the only thing that upset me is just all the the litter, all the empty spray paint cans. Right. That people have just like on the ground because right. it's like, you know, this is a cool thing like to be able just to walk out and do. But like, if you think if every single person just throws down their spray paint can, like, it's gonna lead to like yeah. restrictions. Kind of sucks. So yeah, you know, I guess yeah. The, the, thinking way of it all i guess but no it's super cool to see and i mean for anyone that hasn't been there like literally if you're driving on 40 west or east it's right on the side of the highway <laughs> like you know it's a five minute detour by the time yeah. you get off the exit ramp and actually park your car so uh, it's worth checking out so no good road trip is complete through texas unless you go to a bucky's did you get a chance no we didn't go to a bucky's the only bucky's i've ever been to is the one outside the speedway in dallas uh, and that place was amazing yeah. i actually um it's the only convenience store i've ever exploded a six-pack in by accident so we were you know the race <laughs> proceed we were running to get to the charter so we all stopped at bucky's and we're like well you know we could like have some beers in the parking lot before we get on the airplane so i grabbed a six-pack of coronas and as soon as i pulled them off the shelf the bottom ripped out and it just exploded these beers <laughs> And of course, like Robin Miller and everyone's there just like staring at me. And I'm like, neat. <laughs> like, someone come clean this up. I'm sorry. So the kid that looks like he's not old enough to drink pulls a thing of beer off the shelf. It explodes. Every adult in there was like, all right, kid, come on. You got to get going. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Because like at first they <laughs> asked me for my ID because at that point I might have been trying to like <laughs> steal it apparently. It was, it was a whole thing, right. um, but luckily I had enough time to get my chicken sandwich and another six pack of Coronas and to the airport we went. <laughs> my thing is you're already guilty as hell, and just in your look when you do that, but your license plate is out of state. Like, yeah. You're, like, yeah. Your driver's license well, is out of state. It's like all the, all the red yeah, flags yeah, that they'd yeah, be looking yeah, for with the yeah. fake ID. Yeah. Well, that was uh, my problem when I went to Toronto, because you know, up there you could drink at 19, um, but apparently all the Canadians yep. would get Ohio driver's license. So when I went there with my legitimate <laughs> license, 
Uh, no one believed me. And, like, seriously, I, I, they wouldn't serve me because they thought it was fake. And they thought you were 19. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Right. I mean, when I was doing, yeah, I was <laughs> my second year in lights. Yeah, I, I looked like a child. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so this is your big kind of Christmas, New Year's road trip. So, if I'm doing the math, so are you doing Christmas itself with your mom in San Diego? Uh, if I can get down there in time, um, you know, we're, we're going to go to Yosemite, and it kind of just depends on conditions. Um, my mom knows I'm coming. I just I told her I don't know if I'd be there on Christmas or like two days after because um, I wasn't <laughs> expecting the weather to be so nice in Yosemite. So we kind of threw this plan together last minute, and, you know, if we can kind of play around on some on El Cap some and around the Camp Four boulders, um, we're going to make sure we kind of get our – our skin's worth of climbing before we, we head down south to the beach. Yeah. So you're driving across the country, uh, recently single, and one other big change this year, you uh, recently stepped out of your full-time IndyCar ride with a couple of races left on the schedule. And uh, going into 21, it looks like, and I don't know if you can announce or say anything yet, you mentioned you might be able to, uh, but you're going to probably switch it up uh, or use the term that everyone's used this year, pivot. You're gonna pivot and uh, pivot over to sports cars. Is that is that the deal? That would that would be uh, an awesome goal. Yeah, you know that that's something that we're trying to do. Um, IMSA just, you know, we talked a little bit about it when we were having sushi, and you kind of shunned me away from the IMSA route for a minute. Um, but it does yeah. look, you know, just yeah. like a lot of really, you know, racing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I'm. Everything uh, in my life is at a pivot point right now. Maybe, maybe that's why I'm in my van driving all the way to California. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm really excited to hopefully get to the sports car thing. You know, we, I think we have a great opportunity um, that could possibly come together. We're still ironing, ironing out kind of the last little details for that. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful to you know have some interest from that side of the uh, the racing world. So. No, man, I'm really excited, but I think it's been the same for everyone. You know, like we, you talk about all the things that have like changed my life, like major things. I think that's just this year because, you know. Uh, all right. Hold on. Stop. Uh, stop talking for a minute. <laughs> stop talking. It's, stop. Nope. This is amazing. We're not going to edit this, Ryan. We're <laughs> My buddy's phone because he's on a different provider and has better service apparently. All right, let's see how this goes. Okay. Yeah, we're just a couple of dudes living in a van together right now. So <laughs> hey, yeah. Again, Sean and I do this almost every year. So yeah, yeah for way more than. It. And I, you're 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 at two days in. Yeah. Our yeah. our first road trip by day two, we were already chasing down a hit and run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. No joke, right? No. Yeah. yeah, right in front of Coda actually. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah I haven't get murdered. my van yet for like everything I've done to it, so I'm hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, we just right. did that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, that's on us. Like, seriously, I got to look into that. All right, so walk us through how you find out you won't be driving the GameBridge IndyCar anymore. Like, is it because the way it was it was put out there was that you made the decision to step back and let them get some other people in there? Is that just bullshit, or is that really? really how it went yeah man no i mean good question obviously when that came out there's a bit of speculation from every side um you yeah. know for me i going into mid ohio i kind of already knew you know it was something that we talked about that 
Um, you know, even for me, I was kind of wanting to look at other options. You know, I was very thankful to do the IndyCar thing, but you know, I just in the back of my mind, like sports cars and, and just other avenues were kind of like creeping in and I was just trying to, you know, just decide like where I really want to be. Cause this was my path for 14 years. So you get there and you get to kind of reassess, you get a little disillusioned to everything right at the same time. So it was kind of in the back of my head and then, you know, just talking with the team, uh, you know, we were just, we kind of agreed that, you know, we wanted to both go in different directions at the end of the year. And I was just out climbing in Utah and kind of having a conversation with them after mid Ohio. And to me, it just felt the thing I struggled with most was just not having a lot of testing. Cause once you get to IndyCar, you get two practice days a year and then it's straight mm -hmm. racing. So if they had an opportunity to build with someone that they were going to get to race with next year, I, I felt like that was the right thing to do. And of course, Gainbridge thought that was the right thing to do as well. So, you know, it was just something that just seemed like the adult decision to make. Because um, mm -hmm. it was just a logical decision to make. Um, for sure, it was hard. Um, you know, it's never a decision you want to make, right? But uh, no, I, I think it was the right one, um, for sure. So with that, uh, yeah, it opened up a lot of new things. I got to drive a wing sprint car a few weeks after that. Yeah, literally going to do a race, but then the weather uh, canceled it. So I'm definitely going to do some more wing sprint car stuff next year, because like, Honestly, it's the most fun I've ever had in a race car. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of relate it to probably like smoking cigarettes because like you're sitting in this thing and you're like, this could kill me. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's just it's so old school and so raw that it's just the purity yeah. is air that you don't get in any other form, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited. Hopefully get to go do an endurance racing with IMSA and. And see what having a roof over my head's like because uh you know there's just a new experience that i haven't got to really uh try out yet so was, was this just a case of coming to grips with yourself in the sense of like you say by the time you get to mid ohio you know the results last year weren't probably what you would have hoped for um and the results in the first few races of this year probably weren't what you would have hoped for did you was this just sort of that adult moment where you had to come to reality with maybe there's a threshold that no matter how hard I work, it's just not going to be where I need it to be. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, part of that is it's not like ever giving up. Right. But, you know, for me, just quite honestly, the biggest thing I struggled with was just being able to be strong enough to drive the car. Yeah. Um, there is, there's a lot of times where it's like, I know exactly what I needed to do, but it was just physically being able to do it was such a struggle yeah. or you could do it for 50% of the time that you needed to. And then you realized you're slowing down to be able to keep like the car underneath you. Right. Uh, which is, is really hard because it's equivalent of knowing exactly what you need to do, but just not being able to do it. Um, yeah. So that was one of the things that, you know, you kind of had to come to grips with uh, for sure. Um, but, you know, just also it's, I think just maturing a bit and like kind of wanting to see what else is out there. You know, I still love motorsports, so I definitely wanted that to still be my life. Um, and, you know, just the sports car side of it just seems so much more interesting from a manufacturer side, from a team side of, you know, working with your teammates for one solid goal instead of you just being out against everyone. Because, um, you know, that, that was kind of lacking in the IndyCar side it was that kind of a camaraderie of working towards a singular goal. Because it's such a... You know, it is a cutthroat business and it's very intense. It's 23 people trying to, you know, destroy each other every weekend. You never get that sense of like, uh, 
you know, 100% a team effort. So that's something that just seemed really cool with IMSA so far is, uh, you know, just talking with people that are involved, how of much of a, an effort it is from everyone. So uh, that could be a lot of fun, I think. So Gamebridge and Andretti obviously have been big parts of your career going into this. Was there a moment where, you know, the, the, the interpretation that maybe the media would have or the fans would have is that Gamebridge maybe would stay in, but they wanted to see the performance of the sponsored car that they have get better? Um, I mean, that's that's always something that you think about, right? I mean, right. no one does this to be, you know, mid-pack. Right. It's not worth it. Um, so, yeah, no, from that side of it, everybody wants to win. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky from the sense that I still have a really good relationship with, you know, both parties because I think it was handled in such a mature way. Um, mm -hmm. That was the thing. You know, Indy Lights was easy to be competitive for me because the, the Coopers always lacked that lateral grip that really locked the wheel down. Mm -hmm. You know, the car was kind of always light and it was, you know, easy to stay ahead of it. I think that's why the ovals were a lot easier for me as well to be competitive on because it's not so much the initial turn in to the corner that makes things hard. I happen to catch it four or five times because, you know, 40 pounds to turn in and then it's 40 pounds every time you correct it. And a little guy, it's, it's yeah, definitely to keep up with that. That's 50% I mean, of your weight. Well, let's let's face it. Yeah, I'm, I'm five <laughs> and I weigh 120 pounds, so it's like <laughs> good for you, buddy. Good it's, for you. It, you know, it's, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, like, you know, it's just one of those things too. Like I, I will say, the uh, power steering side of things seems uh, pretty pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually curious to see how you how you like it after a while, because obviously you're used to having such a force feedback wheel. You know what I mean? Probably one of the last real ones in the world yeah. uh, of, of road racing. And uh, now you're going to have fine-tuned power steering. Uh, I don't know what car you're driving next year, but I imagine it's got several different power steering maps right on the steering wheel. And I'm, I'm curious if you end up running it like as heavy as you can get it or if you just kind of adapt to the lighter wheel. Yeah, for me, the thing was, um, especially in lights, I always loved a negative caster. Um, I always had the lightest caster out of all my teammates. Yeah. And Basically, for you know those that are watching that don't really understand, um, it, it changes kind of opinion in the, how the front wheels are sitting. So more caster is usually just more weight in the wheel. It, it is mm -hmm. a small grip increase, but honestly, it's more weight, so you kind of think that it's more grip more than anything. Um, so having a lot less caster means the light's just really light, or the wheel is just really light all the time. Um, so I think I'm probably going to be on that lighter side because it's just my thing was you should everything you're doing if you can minimize the the effort that it takes from you it's only going to allow you to perform better over a longer run right mm -hmm. so it's just about kind of managing your energy and and that's a big thing in the climbing world right you know every hold that you grip on while you're climbing up these things you're you're holding on just a little bit more than minimum because if you're over gripping everything you're going to get a quarter up the wall and not be able to go any further uh, totally from all my climbing experience i'd agree well sean right. you know, I, <laughs> With the, uh, when you miss your first IndyCar race that you stepped out of the car, how hard was it, you know, knowing that your car, your sponsor, your crew guys that you have the relationship with are out there? Um, did you watch the race? Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was tough, man, uh, for sure. Uh, good question. 
think uh, that's an Oprah-worthy question there, Ryan. <laughs> um, but we, no. should lean, we should lean in while we ask. Yeah. Zach, how you, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely took off. Um, well, the thing is, I, I would have been at the track uh, if it made sense uh, just to be around mm. everything. But with COVID and everything, um, only essential personnel is at the track. So, one, I couldn't even be there because I wanted to. Um, so yeah. I just took climbing, man. I uh, grabbed some close friends. We went down to uh, Chattanooga, and basically, I just turned my phone off for four days and just, uh, you know, kind of just got back to uh, the basics of it. Because that's the thing, man. You're gonna beat yourself up regardless, because um, you're a yeah. driver. You know, it's you do this deep down because it's the one thing you love more than anything else in the world, and then you just use all these other things to justify why it makes sense. So yeah. the passion of it doesn't go away. Um, so yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It's like anything, but these things, uh, anything that's intense or, uh, you know, a big struggle, that's what gives you growth as a person. So 2020 um, has definitely been a big year of growth, man. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people could say that. Yeah. Yeah. So normally, you know, when you when you start to sense that your ride might be coming to an end or you know it's coming to an end because of contract or whatever, you start poking around. And with the future of your career looking like it's sports car racing, was there anything that you did to start reaching out, you know, to look at other options? Yeah, I mean, of course. You're, you know, the first thing you're just trying to, to figure out is any, you know, common people that you know from both worlds. Because for me, I, I really didn't know that many people in the sports car world. So um, luckily I had some, some good friends that kind of pointed me, uh, you know, in the right direction just to start a conversation. Um, so, you know, for me, just thinking IMSA would be a great place to hopefully be able to compete in in the future. I went to Mid Ohio um, and just kind of walked around the paddock and, you know, saw familiar faces like Bourdais and, uh, you know, uh, Vautier and got to talk to those guys, mainly just coming from the IndyCar side. But, you know, for me, like, man, just being there, it's, it, it's something that you kind of have to look yourself in the mirror with because, you know, you're, you're going from this one thing where, you know, not so much that someone else stepped into your ride in a bad way, but, you know, it's feelings that you have that are, are hard to deal with. And you think that, you know, for you to get another opportunity in motorsports, yeah, it is coming at the expense of someone else going through a similar thing. And, you know, that, that takes a minute of like really kind of just sitting there and being like, man, do I like really want to cause that? Um, but, you know, that's just the ugly side of our sport. You know, every, career has a side that no one wants to talk about because yeah it's the business side of things it's the the side that's less glamorous it's the side that's a little painful um so you know that is something that it's hard to, to come to terms with but you know i think luckily with you know things that we're we're looking at you know it, it's things that's made sense from both sides it hasn't been like a you're forcing your way in kind of thing at least i hope not so if we put something together, that's that's how we want it to be done. It needs to be fair on both ends because I don't know, man. I, I just part of me is just I want to in any way to make motorsports a little more uh, friendly in that sense because you hear some of these stories and it's just like, yeah. what does it have to be like that, you know? It, <laughs> right. So it really did weigh on you that you yeah. you basically have to poach for a ride. It, exactly, man. Yeah. It's, it's it's like going hunting and. You know, the sad thing is it's like going after one of your friend's girlfriends in a sense, you know, because like, like it's one of these like means a lot to people and it means a lot to you. And it's just there's just something about it that just doesn't feel good. 
but you know it, it's you love the sport more than anything and you're just looking for any opportunity you can to still be a part of it so right just you know it's the natural you know thing that you have to deal with unfortunately i actually yeah. think that's where the friendship between the three of us could work out because ryan and i are horrible people yeah, that's good. <laughs> so we can find it. Just, just that any you know, any of our car rides off the air, we can uh, we can find evil in just about anybody. So if you're like, I don't know about this ride because so and so is really nice, give us a minute. We'll fix give it. Give us a minute. That's, that's make good. You feel better. See, yeah. That's what I want to know is like when you guys leave, or you know, you're you're like, what about him? What's so mean about him? <laughs> How can we ruin Zach Veach on the next drive to wherever city we're going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. I think we were pretty much in the parking lot. We already had you pegged. Yep. So yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, yeah. I think one thing I am actually kind of thinking about is you know I read about this MLB pitcher. Um, you know, he got this huge contract a few years ago, and then he's just living out of his van at like training camp and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, right now I'm like, this is perfect time to like just do the van thing for a while. So so. You're going through a breakup, and you're in a van driving across the country. Are you homeless right now? Uh, no. I mean, I have a home. I have a house that's no longer a home. I'll say that. Okay. So that's, that's <laughs> back in Indy that I don't really want to be a part of right now. Okay. But, okay, so you are, you technically have a mailing address still. Yeah, for at least another okay. three months, and then my lease is up. So. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So you didn't get. This is the saddest thing we've ever. You're not done. actually homeless. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like I want to cry right now. <laughs> oh man, I got. Yo, uh, I'm like I'm doing the, uh, you know the, I'm going out west to find myself kind of thing. You know, a little I bit. Hear you. I, it's time to like go out and do this trip. So uh, you know, my buddy Gabe, he's actually been uh, living with me in uh, back in Indiana because we've just been climbing together so long. So. Um, I was like, dude, this is the only chance we really have, or like I do anyways, with my schedule to go on this thing. So like, let's just go. Cause like, I think yeah. that's the one thing about 2020 in general. I think everyone could like use some time just to reflect like what the hell has happened the last 12 months. <laughs> Cause it's so, yeah. so out of the norm that I think we're all still processing it. So, I mean, yeah. And yeah. not just from the pandemic, you know, like election stuff as well. Uh, you know, you have to spend so much time quarantined or by yourself. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just been such an insane year. And then in your position, professionally, it was a crappy year. You know, it, it was an adult year. It was, uh, it was a year that you will remember forever. Like, you know, I think no matter what, my future, you know, where I'm at, you know, hell, even grandkids one day. This will be a story. There will be a lesson mm -hmm. from this year in general that I, I pass on to people for sure. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that most, that happened most to people is I think we all just kind of started to reevaluate, like, okay, what happiness is like true happiness and what, like, is what we expect to make us happy in a way, at least mm -hmm. for my friends, because, like, everyone's kind of going through this thing right now, you know, not even just racing friends, but know climbers or whatever it's like you know what's really important now like you know because we just had a pause on our uh routines and i think that pause was long enough for us to kind of like question like what's going on so i don't know i mean i'm lucky in the sense of like i still know like what i want to do but i think a lot of people are still just trying to like think you know what what really is the answer after this year there's a bit of a group of drivers that because of their their talent 
and also the the trust that they have within the paddock get to do the 500 like every year it seems like you know what i mean like it's yeah. always like a jr hildebrand or somebody that gets the oh, indie you know, get, right schedule permitting is that something you're still going to pursue because you are absolutely a top prospect for the month of may with these one-off deals that come together yeah i i would absolutely love to you know for me most important day of the year is race day of the Indy 500 to me. Um, you know, I'm not saying that races won't be important. Uh, you know, if, if IMSA comes together and I am lucky enough to do Daytona and Sebring and, you know, those things are still going to mean so much to me. But, you know, when I was four years old, the Indy 500 is what I thought of first. So it's always going to have just that little pinch more of just a whole lifelong goal of trying to achieve it. Um, so, you know, if I have an opportunity to go back and do indie, you know, each year, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I look back at what Weldon did and, you know, he gave up some years to not mm -hmm. be in a hard situation. You know, he waited for the right ride. So maybe that's something to take in account because it's hard for, you know, one-off teams to, to jump in, um, that are new teams anyway. Um, but you know, that you're always surprised by one of them every now and then too. So, you know, I'm not saying that you have to write that off, but, you know, you have to really kind of analyze it and see, um, you know, if, if there's potential there or not. But I would love to. I mean, that whole month is just amazing. I mean, from the driver's parade to the public driver's meeting to the shenanigans that happens in the driver lot, like, <laughs> it's, it's the one event out of the IndyCar season that makes you feel like you're just racing go-karts with your friends again. And, and the pinnacle, the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's like awesome. everyone nervous, but also having fun because they don't want to panic. <laughs> right. Well, you're all, you all basically live there. You're so many people are in the motor coach for days on end. So I assume it builds this little bit of a community that you don't get just going from weekend to weekend. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the thing. Yeah. It's just, you're all in the same place for long enough where you're kind of, wanting to see what you can get into <laughs> <laughs> so but on that on that token i i mean my read on that is let's say if you are an established enough guy that you can do the 500 reliably and let's say sports cars becomes a better option because you're in you know either between the nature of the cars and and your driving style or just however it works that maybe you're in a more competitive position than you were I mean, to me, if you can win races in sports car and still get a chance to run at Indy, that sounds almost like a better scenario than you've been in. I mean, for me right now, uh, looking back on this last year and like being hopeful for the next year, that that's dream perfect scenario. I mean, that's honestly all I could ask for because, you know, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm looking for that that teamwork, that kind of that bond of, you know, just a group of guys going out, setting out for like one goal, which. I really think IMSA has, which could be really cool, um, you know, with co-drivers. Um, and yeah, to go back and do the 500 would be amazing too. Cause you know, we all get into motorsports in the first place because it's fun, you know, and, and that's something that I, I really see the IMSA paddock has just for my friends that are over there is everyone seems to really be enjoying each weekend, you know, it, don't get me wrong. It's still very, very serious, but it just seems to be a little more family oriented too. I, I could, I, I don't know. I mean, Ryan, you know more about that. Um, but it does seem to have a little more of that community around it. Um, but I could just be outside looking in. Yeah. They, you know, the grass is always greener, that saying, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> one of the, one of the thing one of the things we're doing on this, uh, on these episodes is doing like a, what's five years, 
ago, what would you say to yourself, you know, like give yourself some advice? And I'm and now I'm wondering like we should we should do it five years from this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> like how's that how's that family series, huh, bud? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like fing bamber, man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know who this Nick Tandy guy is, but he's a real pain in the ass. Yeah, well yeah. it's funny because like I literally you said that and I'm just like <laughs> like I'm betting. <laughs> right. Well let's so let's knock him down a peg then. Um, yeah, let's, 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 let's ruin, ruin you. Your... All right. So, so let's talk some, cause you're, you're, there's a few things you're not used to. So, um, you know, <laughs> who knows what your IMSA future could be, but let's say you're not in prototypes. Let's say you, you end up in some sort of GT car. Yep. You've never had flashlights. You've never had headlights flashed at you from behind. I hear the DPI headlights are insanely bright and you can't tell if they're a foot behind you or 30. Right. And that's pretty scary. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, and Juan Montoya's in one of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing I hear is, like, if you're in a GT car and a prototype comes up on you, it's pretty astonishing the speed difference yep. on the outside of Daytona, apparently. Yeah, so, yeah, especially especially the closer you get to one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so, pretty big. Yeah, hopefully, you know, things come together. It's something I could experience. So... Ryan, if if, uh, if I'm driving and I see somebody flashing yeah. headlights, what what are they telling me? Yeah, they're they're they're, they're trying to get by right. me. Sorry, what's the code of contact? Like, can you just flash things all the time? Like, yes. you know, like even if it's your own class car, you're like, hey man, I'm here. It depends on what car you're driving. If you're a Porsche driver, you just there's just a button that just flashes all day. It's just on all the time. It's just right? on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I don't think anyone's ever flashed headlights at me. And I was like, oh, oh, cool. Got it. Thanks. <laughs> like the second I see him, I'm like. After you, sir. Okay. Yeah. Got it. You know, you're just like. Right. Like every, every reaction when you see headlights flash behind you is. <sighs> you just like. Yeah. You just roll your eyes. You're like, okay. I've never driven the 24, but Daytona, it's pretty straightforward what the lines are, where the passing zones are. But like road yeah. Atlanta, for example, I mean, there's a pretty big, or Sebring, there's a couple of really good yeah. stretches that are single lane. And if they don't get to you by that point, I assume if they're flashing your headlights, you're like, yeah, what am I supposed to do? Like, this I'm is the line I'm on. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. I can't disappear. Right. right. Yeah. It's like driving yeah. this van out West when a little Miata comes up and he's like, yeah. mad, trying to pass a semi and not die. And like, it's hard, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. might suggest with your van, if you're going Yosemite and Red Rocks and uh, San Diego, avoid Los Angeles. Yeah. It's like stay with yeah. for exactly that reason. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, the thing is, it's fine as long as I run 75. But as soon as you get to like 85, like sure. the thing gets really light. It's weird. Yeah. How's the power steering in that bad boy? It's pretty good, man. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah not uh loose which is nice so like that takes some of the fear out of it like especially when it's windy. um yeah no man i i love this van like honestly it's like the <laughs> one thing that's like i i have nightmares that like something happens to it we, well it's not just a car that you purchased it's a car that you yeah you built that thing yeah now it's finally complete like i just yeah i have like worry moments like I guess you just, yeah, I'm in my van, so that's like the kitchen counter. Obviously, nice, nice. Uh, Gabe is yeah. kind of chilling, just hanging out. <laughs> just like, when are you <laughs> done? Everywhere, because we're just like road tripping. But yeah, that's the yeah. bed. And, yeah. yeah. So for that's for cool, Gabe's man. sake, how many of these kind of things do you have to do? Uh, this is the only one. Oh. You guys are the people who want to talk to me, so More thank special. you. Special. Yeah. 
So how does how does Gabe have the time to just hitch up? Because I'm a, you said you didn't plan this, so it would, like it almost sounds like you're like, hey, let's leave tomorrow, and who knows where we're going? Like, how does Gabe just drop everything to do this? So that's okay. literally how it happened. I was uh, in Charlotte hiking uh, for a few days, um, and then you know some things happened, and I was trying to figure out what to do to occupy myself. And I literally texted him, and I was like, hey man, I'll be home tomorrow. How do you feel about leaving the next day for uh, at the time it was a month and that was a little too much um so we, we ba- dialed it back to like two and a half three weeks yeah. and then he, yeah. yes um but he uh he's a rope access worker so like you know those big wind turbines yeah uh, yeah pulls off those things and fixes them oh so he's perfect for climbing so yeah that's awesome um and then it's seasonal so like he's okay. out of season. yeah um but you know that's one thing i will say it's so nice to have friends that you can just say like, Hey, like, how about you throw away what you're doing for the next three weeks and let's just go do nothing for society. Like, You could start a racing podcast and do nothing for society. Yeah. I was going to say, we made a business yeah. out of it, yeah. a bad one, but we made a business. So, um, you know, maybe that's why we all like gravitate towards the same kind of people. Right. Right. But, but okay. So, Let's ruin IMSA for you a little bit more before we change the subject. Perfect. Uh, what's your What's your driver rating? I'm a gold. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, which is just crazy because I look at so I am a gold because I finished third in the Indy Lights Championship, but my good friend Oliver Askew <laughs> is a silver. Can, yes. Can you roll with us for just, something real just quick? To, yeah. We, did we prompt this from you at all? Did we prompt this? No, no. I'm just. Well, <laughs> <laughs> just all the things. I, you know, I was having a beer with Chavez a couple days ago, and yeah. we we're like. And what's talking. Gabby? Is Gabby gold? He's a gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah he should be gold. Yeah, yeah. I have, I, yeah. You should be gold. Gabby should be gold. But go on. Proceed with your with, with what confuses you. <laughs> well, I just it's just funny how it like works out. I, you know, and Gabby and I both came to the conclusion it's because we didn't lie. Because, like, you know, we got asked to go, like, hey, by the way, you need to be rated. Yeah. We were both 19 or 18, so we're like, oh, I'm going to make myself sound good. I happen to win six Indy Lights races. <laughs> like, right. so, boom, immediately gold. So I think. Right, which is true, though. You yeah, I like that you're like, like, I hype myself up by telling truth. What? By writing down my results. I guess you could have not put that, though. You could have been, like, you know, finished third in the Indy Lights Championship and just left it at that like right so you were third in the Indy in you were third in the Indy Lights Championship a few years ago won a couple of races um did just find an Indy car you were honest about it um and you mentioned Oliver who last I checked was an Indy Lights champion a couple of years ago won a bunch of races what's yep. it what's his rating Zach yeah he's 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 silver Huh. I mean, I'm not like stabbing myself here, right? There's not like some rape. No, you are you are the fifth of five podcasts that all came out together where we continue <laughs> to talk about this uh, because I only found out four days ago that Oliver was silver because I didn't know. And yeah. uh, and I, here's the thing: I am not on Oliver at all because he absolutely should take advantage of the system if he oh, can. Oh, I know. Yeah, so yeah. yeah good for him. <laughs> but <laughs> what the? You're f- like, <laughs> like, good for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you being honest, Gabby being honest, that has the potential to get in the way of your career. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah, thanks. Well <laughs> done, guys. Sports car racing. <laughs> there we go. 
All right. Yeah, I'm afraid, um, I'm afraid that like you know this whole newfound honesty in a lot of aspects of my life is just going to create hell for me. So yeah, I mean, I, you've been in the sport long enough to know that honesty never works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're screwed. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. Uh, what happens? What happens in an IndyCar race if like your car is just slower? Like if you know, the Honda is just slower than the Chevy for like ten races. What are the, what what happens? You uh, you hope that the next weekend's better. <laughs> I mean that okay. that's the thing. It's not okay. like there's no balance of performance, right? I mean there's right there's none of yeah. that. <laughs> look, well, guess what you get to look forward to when yeah. you come to IMSA. Yeah. yeah, like let's let's say you're at a test before the 24. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna bleep this, but like what happens if you have no one sees how much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I don't. You're, you're like, why are we running? Yeah. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah. For when we come back this to the race, this is going to be one giant bleep. You want? That. <laughs> so, no, I, I don't know. I, I've never understood the sandbagging thing. I just, I always go well, in and I, I do as hard as I possibly can. It's in, it's in the rules yeah. that there is no sandbagging. Yeah, so, so it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, that's that's the thing. It's against everything I hold valuable to myself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they'll burn that yeah, right out of here. You're, you're gonna have yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I wish you could train guy an indie car. Like, I wish that was a thing of like, okay, man, just go out there and don't sh- don't go too fast. But no, <laughs> like, dude, you got four minutes. Figure your shit out. Go. Does, <laughs> yeah. Right, does, the, right. does the indie car steering wheel have a projected time if you're on the right page? Yeah. So, have, so in an IndyCar, did you ever look at the projected time, knowing you were doing a good lap, and and gone, oh, f-. Dude, always. <laughs> that was that was the worst thing about Coda, because you'd get on that middle straight, and you'd be like, I'm up three tenths, and then you would realize you have an entire St. Pete still to go, and it's like, yeah. uh, right, <laughs> that's not what Sean's asking. <laughs> oh yeah, and if you're right. killing it, there are some practice sessions uh if you were to end up in imsa where you're looking at that projected time seeing that you're killing it and going oh shit. how do i how do i blow this and not get caught yeah <laughs> i don't know if that's a thing but uh it, it, no it's not a thing with anyone i've ever worked with yeah you're, you're right, right. It's totally not a to- thing totally right ryan <laughs> that's never heard of it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so the, the five years from now episode with these is going to be awesome I hope, um, you know, I will have a lot of life advice for everyone. Um, hopefully a, a good amount of relationship advice to give everyone. Uh, you know, how to live in a van successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's about it. <laughs> like, what more could you want? I mean, we do, we talk in five years. I'll be 31. I mean, Oof. I won't have Man. kids, but hey, I could be married. Who knows? Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. I'm just saying. I'm just, <laughs> different. Like, a lot. Yeah. Well, so our, our question has been... I got the host with you guys, actually. That would be my... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. I, Slow down here. On the road, we can do this whole thing. We both got vans. I don't Perfect. know that you could handle the money. Because we make so yeah, much. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. It goes to your head so quick. You guys yeah. are getting paid? <laughs> you guys are getting when paid. Did that happen? When did you get paid for motorsports? 
So one of our questions has been for our, our, the guests that we've been doing on these Zoom calls has been because normally these have been interviews that we've been catching up from from five years ago. So we'll say mm -hmm. if you could go back five years ago and talk to yourself then. So in your case, if you could go back six months ago, what what would you have told uh, uh, June Zach Beach? Uh, well, pay attention to the small things. <laughs> Such as? I, I know, I think that would be the thing. Like, you get so caught up in, like, what you're doing, right? Like, the big picture of things. But really, what's affecting the big picture is probably the small things. Like, the little tiny things. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I don't know what advice I could have gave myself six months ago for this to play out any differently. Sure. Um, you know, because, like, that's the thing, man. I was busting my ass. Like, I feel proud of, like, the amount of effort and work that I put in. Right. Like, it wasn't something that I was, like, not trying for because I didn't care about it. I mean, I was literally just miserable because I was trying to do anything I could to, like, have some kind of change. Um, but I think any advice I would give is just, like, you know, worry about the things that you can control and the things that you can't, there's no sense of killing yourself like you have been about them because what's done is done and you were really not the one in charge of it in the first place. So yeah. I think that's the thing. I think that's the biggest lesson of even this year is just focus on what's in front of you, what you can change and just let all the other bullshit go because you know, you're not gonna do anything about it now. <laughs> so hopefully that's sound advice for someone, I guess. There's a rumor that GameBridge is still backing you. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I still have a great uh, relationship with Dan Towers, the CEO of Gamebridge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we've had some talks about just, you know, future things. And, you know, yeah. that's the thing. When all this happened, it wasn't like the end of a relationship. You know, uh, Dan and his family are still, you know, like family to me. Um, so, you know, if it makes sense for Gamebridge to still be a part of, like, what I'm doing in the future, um, you know, I feel good that they would be. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, too, it's business. So, you know, yeah. you got to look at it from that side of stuff. But, um, no, I mean, I have so much respect for those guys and, you know, the opportunity regardless. You know, if, if tomorrow's the end of my racing career, which, you know, I'm thankful now because I don't think it's going to be, but if it is, um, I'm very fortunate for the opportunity that they gave me, man. Because, like, they gave me a chance to live a lifelong dream for three years and see the highs of it, see the lows of it. Mm -hmm. and really go on the rest of my life understanding what it was like being a professional IndyCar driver. And at the end of the day, you can't be that upset about that. So we, we do a pass along question and uh, our guest yesterday yeah. was Ricky Taylor. Oh God. <laughs> what did Ricky have to say? So uh, he, he had a pretty simple question, but it came with some compliments that he, he wanted to mention that Rossi speaks very highly of you. Uh, when he talks about, you know, bringing, actually helping the program move forward, being really big on information and, and things like that. And Ricky's question was, why is it that someone like yourself uh, who dominated in the junior formulas and then could struggle in IndyCar when you have guys like Alexander Rossi that are saying, no, this kid's awesome and a huge help for us? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, yeah, man, that, that means a ton. Like, you know, I that was one of the things, you know, I always had so much respect for Alex because, you know, honestly, I just admired him. Like for me, it was always kind of weird. Cause like I'm in the same room and I kind of looked up to the dude. So it's like, mm -hmm. he was always a few years ahead of me. So when I was getting the BMW, he came out of BMW and was doing like big things. So yeah, sense of still that like young kid kind of all of like, man, you're killing it. 
Um, so that, that means a lot. Um, but, you know, for me, honestly, it was just struggling, you know, just keeping up with the car, man. Um, you know, because that's, that's what I mean. Like, it's not like driving the car got any more complicated. I mean, it was still the same beast. It was uh, a free car, just like the Indy Lights car was when I was able to dominate it and not have any issues. Mm -hmm. The thing for me that I struggled with most was being strong enough, being okay with the car being loose all the time. So, like, I always needed some sense of understeer to take some out of the wheel. Out of the wheel, and the problem is, as soon as you tighten down the Indy car, it's just it's not very quick. So, right. for me, that was the biggest struggle was just keeping up with the steering wheel. So it was literally um, just the physicality of being loose. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, um, and that's something you can't fight. And, and that was the thing that always was so frustrating because right. it's like, I don't know, man, it's like being one of the best musicians in the world and getting your hands cut off. Like, it's like, you know, I'm not saying I was one of the best, but like, you know, you can do it and it's in front of you and you have these moments where you do it and it's, it's fine. But then you're kind of struggling to keep up with it because you just physically are like running out of strength to even finish the corner. Sometimes it's just a little disheartening. So I think that's why that decision came around too, of like, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's time to, to figure something else out. Basically, everybody that's been on our show for this little project we did with Zoom had been from one of the first or second years that we did it. And you were really recent, but you had all this change. So this question might not really land as well, but have you gotten any response out of your DWR episode since being Dude, on? That The thing is, I've been so happy to see what people have said about that episode. Um, I went back and listened to it to myself because... I honestly, not that I didn't like remember, I remember it was like funny and a good time, but I just didn't really remember the exact conversation because we were just enjoying it and just bouncing around a lot. And going yeah. back, I was literally laughing at myself because like it was just so <laughs> much fun. And, and that's what I saw with people too. Like, you know, people talking about like crying, listening to it and that they like, you know, it made their, their day better, which yeah. is awesome because if anything makes your day better in this year, like it takes it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, yeah, right. I, I love that. And to me, that's honestly one of my favorite things that I've done and just from the response that I've got from people. And I think, too, one of the things I struggled with in IndyCar was, like, who was I supposed to be and who I really am? And, like, yeah. it's okay to say stupid stuff and, like, talk about weird stuff because, like, I'm kind of a weird dude when it comes down to it. But like, <laughs> I never felt, like, super comfortable, like, talking about that stuff. And yeah. Then with you guys, I was just like, you know what, screw it. Like, I'm just going to say what I want to say. And then all these people, like, kind of rewarded me for just being myself. And I was like, I'm going to do more of that because, like, Good. Good. <laughs> like, taken. Like, so kind of bring it to a close because we don't have another pass along question. You're going to be our last guy on this. Um, we had the big, big shutdown period of time where no one was doing any racing. Even when racing got going again, it was pretty short weekends and stuff. So lots of time at home. Uh, what did you watch on TV that you might not have before? Oh, that's a good question. What did I watch? Um, you know, it was the first time I dived into the office. Oh, so, my man. It's funny because, like, I feel like there's just a time in your life you're ready for the office. Because, like, I tried to watch <laughs> it a couple times before, and I was like, not, not These that are funny. deep thoughts by Zach Veach. That, yeah. I'm, I'm now writing a book with you. I'll ghostwrite for you. Yeah. Some people, like, I was the same boat. I was like, it's not funny. Like, I don't understand it. 
because I was like 18 and all I yeah, knew was yeah. like race. I didn't understand like anything else. And then I started watching it and just like, there's fun in every day, just bullshit that you have to deal with. And it's just like, yeah. I really hated that show. So yeah. that, and then, uh, and now even like on this road trip, like that's the thing that's been, it's made driving so much easier. It's not that you're watching something while you're driving, but you just throw it on. So that's familiar. So you like, we understand this. Yeah, we do. So, we know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm literally, you know, it made sense right now. Cause like, with all the change in my life, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go watch through how I met your mother again, because like, why not? So yeah, I've gotten through two seasons and 24 hours just driving now. So, so the, I got about, yeah, with, with yeah. the office, I believe taste your taste will change from season to season. So like my first, my favorite character and say the first two seasons of the office completely changed by the time we got to the end of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think Ryan and I, I think, do we share the same favorite character? I think we do. Yeah, and also I used to I, I watched it for years before you finally went into it yeah. and like burned through, and which is awesome because I'd be I'd have all these office references while we were driving around the country, and he was just like, uh huh, sure. I don't right. I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. and now I can finally and, I, was, right. I, I well, remember you get telling like a sporadic me text for me as I progressed in my journey for a few days. Yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was like, oh, Jim and yeah. Pam, they're gonna get back, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so so best best office character. Let's see if let's see how aligned all three of us are. Well, are you used, done with it? I I think you're fun. It's funny because you say that it changes, right? It does, right? So yeah, when yeah. I first watched it in March, you know, just coming back from St. Pete and like, you know, just getting used to everything. Yeah, I I love Dwight because like, how couldn't you, right? Sure. Then I go and, back and watch. Well, you it kind now. of are Dwight too, in some ways. Like, you, know, <laughs> you, well, you, you love that. Like, he's like he's a beet farmer, and I could see you becoming a beet farmer someday. One day, man. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know. Um, but now it, it, it's it's Stanley all the way. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> After this year, yeah. Stanley is my go-to guy. It's just yeah. His, his yeah. best line is still to me, season one. Yeah. Why, of course. Yeah. What about? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the, the <laughs> It's not even a scene we can describe. Uh, um, right. Yeah. I was like, you know, when he, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. So are you done with it? Yeah. Done. Okay. Because for, I think for both of us, it's Creed. Creed Bratton. Yeah, absolutely. Creed Hands Bratton. Hands down the best character on Who, the show. Who's played by Creed Bratton. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a good one. Um, have you got yeah. on it? Have you guys, have you guys got on a, a YouTube journey yet? No, not yet. Okay. Uh, well, technically, yes. I was. Well, I don't know if I sh we need to talk about this. Obviously, I, I wouldn't go down that path. But uh, so I somehow stumbled upon. There's this thing called ego death. If you take a bunch of psychedelics, so proceed. That's a thing. Like I'm just taking some notes here for my own sake. Wait, so it's you? Like people are like taking psychedelics and then videoing themselves? They're more explaining, I guess, what happens. Like apparently, okay. it's like crazy, but like you get separated from your ego entirely because sure. you, you, I guess, are thinking that you're dying. So it gives you like this whole like apparent like spiritual. Maybe you should come to LA. I can tell you some good places to go. Dang. I, no, I just, he's I, going to Joshua Tree. Yeah, isn't he? like on it. And I was like, so that's a thing. Okay. Back right. to cat videos. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what I mean? <laughs> but uh, you about to say, so, so <laughs> this is, this is coming out next week. If you went yeah. to the roar, I guess he was pissing in a cup. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe this is something that we should we should talk about. Um, but you know, one funny video if you guys have ever heard it, it's uh called drinking out of cups. I was about to ask if this came from drinking out of cups. Yeah. 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 Well, 2009. Yeah, dude. You because yeah, you were like six years old. Drinking out of cups, and then it like the real life like yeah. episode was yeah. next to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Liam. I might well, like see where this leads. Like. Yeah. So that's that's his name is Liam Lynch. Liam Lynch. 2000. Yeah, was it nine? Right. It was like 2008 or nine is when that yeah. that went popular. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who are over 35, uh, who remember the uh, <laughs> the song called The United States of Whatever. It ended up on a bunch of car commercials yeah. and stuff. Whatever, no, 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 no. Same guy, <laughs> Liam Lynch, uh, who who basically, was it acid? What was he on? I thought it was mushrooms. I, 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 mushrooms? I, I, Might have been acid. Yeah, he was on, he took, yeah. he took some sort of psychedelic, sat himself in a closet and just recorded himself talking. Yeah. 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 And then it's, they animated yeah. it. And then, it's worth a listen. It's kind of funny. Well, then they on, somebody uh, took like a little claymation an, animated character to the whole the whole trip, and it's just hilarious because it's Mr. Balloon Hands and you know Mr. Walkway. Bring me to the building, fuck you. With the with the rock climb is like, what are you Captain Tie and Knots? You gotta go Captain to Knots. Captain Tie and Knots. So 2010, I drove. I drove with a kid named Zach Lutz in 2010 and his dad, Bob would come to all the races with us. And we had just watched that video like over and over again. And like mid session on the radio, would be like, great job, Mr. Balloon hands, you know, and his dad would be on the radio and he's like, yeah, <laughs> like so in on it. The thing is, I, I say that stuff at the track and unfortunately like no one gets it. Like my thing's always like, yeah, right. Like, you know? Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. yeah right. right. <laughs> Same thing. People are like, what are you doing? Yeah. All right. This guy. It's the same with old Greg. I don't know if you guys watched watched any. Okay, that's my assignment for you two tonight once it's done. Okay. Get on YouTube and watch old Greg. Like, it's, you know, this scaly man fish. And we quote old okay. Greg quotes all the time. Okay. Yeah. It's worth Two dudes on Netflix. Have you done Big Mouth? No. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's surprising how many people have not seen Big Mouth. Like this week I was texting a lot of people and they're like, what is it? I'm like, oh, dude. God. Yeah. Like if you're, <laughs> if you are two dudes who are not offended and I'm going to go on a limb and say, that's definitely, you're going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> Big, Big Mouth is the best coming of age animated series ever made. All right. Yeah. Oh. It is not for everybody. Well, that, I mean, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> So no, I'll put I'll put it on the list, man, because we still have about eight hours to go okay. uh, to get to Vegas. So yeah, Big Mouth will keep you going, and then when you want to go on a YouTube journey, we discovered two things just on the last trip. Um, if you not getting political, but if you ever want to have a special amount of sympathy for police officers, YouTube Sovereign Citizens. Okay. Um, there is a, a spreading group of people who are part of this what's called Sovereign Citizen Movement. Uh, who are people who believe that they don't have to abide by um, public laws, but feel as though they can use public roads. Okay. And there's like a handbook that tells you the things that you can say to a police officer. And somebody is selling these handbooks convinced uh, that's convincing people <laughs> that this works. So somebody's making a fortune off of selling people lies in a book. It's like, um, sir, I'm a sovereign citizen. And then they read off of this book. And it's now that body cams are so common for police. It's just video after video of watching police officers do everything they can to not lose their shit. 
yeah. yeah. It's the, like this, a complete definition of the exercise of patience. Yeah. It, because it will absolutely change your perspective on what police officers deal with. Oh, well, that's for sure, man. I mean, there's like anything in life. There's good people and there's people. Like, yeah, can't let yeah. people just make you judge everyone, right? Well, but, ex- but except for with sovereign citizens, because it seems like they're all people. Yeah. Are they? When you watch these videos, oh. <laughs> they're terrible. Just watch. You know, like five really good cops. So, yeah. so, so you're talking about police officers. I'm talking about the people they're arresting oh, for okay. breaking the law. They're all terrible. Yeah, like if you're a cop and you're like, can I have your ID? Because you're tail, like because you're actually violating the law. The yeah. only responsible thing to do is give them your ID. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. and not be like my handbook says this. Yeah, they they roll the window down like a millimeter, and they're like, I don't actually have to roll the window down. Yeah, what what it's crime like, have I just, committed? Well, your tail lights are out. All right. Yeah. This is. Thank you. No, it's hours. It's hours of fun, and it always ends the same way. Which is the the window shattering, and guy getting dragged out of his car. He's like, I know my rights. Like, you don't. No, obviously. <laughs> you literally don't. You literally yeah. don't. And the the thing is, like, I don't care who you are, or what your politics are. After twenty yeah. minutes of watching this guy refuse to give his ID, no, you're not going to have any sympathy for him. No. Yeah. yeah. You're just like, just don't be a shithead. Yes. <laughs> and we've watched a thousand of these videos and we're like find another one no, <laughs> find another yeah, one thank you because like well i'm not worried about the extra eight hours that it takes to get to vegas and then the six to yeah. and the six back to san diego the thing that i'm like most worried about is like when we turn around to go back east yeah. our gps is going to save 33 hours yep. yeah and i'm not yeah. on that to be honest no it's, no. Not. it's... I'm be entertainment so you guys are living in the van. When you get to Vegas, are you gonna get a hotel just to like have a day out? Oh no, you're staying in the van. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll hit a Loves, a nice fancy Loves to get a shower. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you truckers wear your nice. candles in there, and you don't touch anything. Mm-hmm. So you know that's that's the rule. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Every two days, three days, you can get a shower if you're feeling bad. The thing is, where it's kind of cold and in the desert, you're not really like sweating, so like you don't feel that nasty. Right. Sure. I I just have like the highest hope that there's some diehard IndyCar fan that lives in Vegas that just happens to be like getting some gas and like, you know, a soda. And it sees like uh, shower number 33, (laughs) 33 is shower. And then here comes Zach Veach, like with flip flops. Like, how you doing? (laughs) Did I just see Zach Veach going to the truck stop shower? Yeah, but this is my life now. I'm just a, yeah. a long haul driver. <laughs> he's a he's a no he's a nomad now. He lives. Yeah, man. yeah. that's the thing. I'm a, <laughs> this is my home now. <laughs> but yeah, man. I th- I'm glad the internet worked out. Thank you guys for being patient with that. Um, plus, I think the second part of it was so much better anyway. So it's like yeah, that's good. <laughs> so it's it's Vegas, and then are you going straight to Yosemite? Or are you going straight to Joshua Tree? Yeah. So. Uh, just kind of a short run through. So it's Vegas for a day. Okay. Then up to Yosemite for about three days. That makes sense. Down to San Diego to see my mom for a couple of days. Okay. Then Joshua Tree for two or three days. Okay. Then back to Vegas for another like three days and then heading back home. Okay. It's not, for, it's probably not your taste because it's not really a climbing park, but Yosemite to San Diego, there's a place called uh, Pinnacles. It's about oh, two hours. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, this. Two- it's two uh, hours east of Monterey. Rock. Yeah. Yeah, it's volcanic um, rock. 
year after Laguna one year. Okay, yeah, my my absolute favorite animal in the world lives kind of exclusively there. It's a giant it? uh, California condor. It's like a seven foot oh, bird. They're very the, rare. The thing about condors it blew my mind. So I was in Zion. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, they're there too. I got to see this young condor in Zion on top of Angels Landing. Like this thing landed like thirty feet from us, huh. and then just put its wings out. So like, you, it was just showing us its full wings. It was showing you what it could do. Yeah. It was amazing. Like the thing that blew me away is like they can fly at fifteen thousand feet. Yep. Like you imagine just chilling up there. Like just I'm just gonna right. flap wings and hang out. And well, and they and they can fly for hours for that exact reason. They're so big and they have such a big wingspan that they just sit. Yeah. And hang and they just go for miles. I don't know if you're like a bird guy, but um, a little bit. There's there's this one bird too in the Himalayas. I was telling Ryan about it. Like it can fly above Mount Everest. Like That's insane. it's ceiling is like twenty nine thousand feet. Like they've seen it flying over the summit when they've been on top of it. Wow, pretty crazy. Yeah. Like when you think it's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. It, it maybe it's the same as the condor, right? So if you're already starting at nineteen thousand feet, yeah, you're just adjusted what's to it. what's another few thousand because they don't know the difference. Yeah, exactly. It's just up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so it's yeah. just, so it's uh, all right. So I, you you cut off, but. You, you've seen condors, you know the, the majesticness, but anyway, so you probably won't be going to Pinnacles, but you're going Yosemite down to San Diego, and then the, the giant slog back, just trying to make it back in time. Yeah, basically. So Joshua Tree, then the Red Rocks, um, you know, probably half a dozen in and outs on the way. Uh, boy. I'm addicted. I know a lot of people, they're probably just as good or, you know, maybe not as good as five guys. Like everyone keeps saying that. But to me, it's the memories related to In-N-Out. Like my first In-N-Out burger was on my way to test at Sonoma for the first time. Mine was the first time I went to California for uh, for racing yeah. uh, at Sonoma as a mechanic. I was like, this is the best. Exactly. So, yeah. so I think totally. anytime I see an In-N-Out, I'm 15 years old again, and I'm like, yeah, like let's go. No, for sure. I, yeah. I think that yeah. there is something to that because, I mean, Californians, obviously, we love In-N-Out, but we don't make nearly the big – like, Ryan, anytime you and I kind of cross that, that border to whatever part of the west side of the country that starts allowing uh, In-N-Out, like it becomes a thing that we have to stop at. For sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's yeah. true for not just you, uh, but that's, I mean, almost any of my Midwest or East Coast friends that come out, that becomes a stop, which mm-hmm. is like, it's mm-hmm. just not a thing here. I mean, there's a lot of people who love it, but nothing. We're, we're getting to Vegas probably like 3 a.m. So yeah. I think they'll be closed by then maybe, but that'll be like the first place we go for food tomorrow. So, Well, uh, we'll buy you in and out Burger next time and uh, Continental will have the check. Oh, well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Meow.